0: This episode is brought to you by my good friends at Huzo. Huzo is an acronym for human sound. Huzo delivers uniquely enhanced human toning sounds through headphones as well as through pads placed on your major acupuncture meridians on your body, which are your wrist and your ankles, thereby introducing a specific modulated frequency that are balancing and harmonizing throughout your body. One session takes about 30 minutes, and during that time, a strange series of tones create a natural resonance in your body that Huzo claims counteracts the harmful EMFs, toxins, and stresses you are exposed to during the day or just normal living, all while balancing the body, leaving you with a clear head, improved health, better sleep, and the feeling of calmness and well-being. You can try one at www.thisishuzo.com rebel. Use the code rebel25 to save $25. The folks at Huzo even have a great payment solution for you with terms up to 12 months. Check it out. I highly recommend this machine. It has changed my life and calmed me out. Thank you and enjoy this episode. There are products
1: out there that are not based in demonstrable science, but that can still work or that people say work. That said, I really focus on products that have demonstrable claims.
0: Welcome to episode number 119 of the Rebel Health Coach podcast. On today's episode, are you wanting to know how you can protect yourself and your family from EMF radiation? Or do you even care what EMF radiation is? Or do you want like to know more? This is the episode to listen to. Today, my guest is R. Blank, the CEO of Shield Your Body. And he's about to educate you on a whole new level when it comes to EMF protection in your daily life. R has had the opportunity to make technology safer by providing free education to his audience through webinars, newsletters, and videos. I might add that if you follow R Blank on his website, which the links are in the show notes, he does send out quite a few emails about EMFs. Shield Your Body also has great tech stuff to make technology safer. R. Blank is the CEO of Shield Your Body, whose mission is to make technology safer. With hundreds of thousands of customers in over 30 countries and having been interviewed on platforms ranging from ABC television to Electric Sense, R. is an internationally followed expert on the issues of EMF health and safety. He was inspired to create Shield Your Body when he co-authored the best-selling book Overpowered with his father, Dr. Martin Blank, one of the world's leading EMF scientists. He has degrees from Columbia University and UCLA. I hope you enjoy this episode. It's very interesting. If you like this episode, please take a minute and rate and review my show. I'd greatly appreciate it. Have a fantastic day. R. Blank, welcome to the Rebel Health Coach podcast today. How in the heck are you? I'm doing great. Thank you, Tom. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. It's good. It's uh, Wednesday, and uh, I'm getting ready to go on a little fishing trip tomorrow to the Gulf Coast in Florida. So I'm excited to get out in some sun on a boat in the middle of the water. Yeah, that sounds really nice. So before we dive into this very deep into the pool on EMFs, 5G, and how to protect yourself and your family from these ghostly devils, how did our Blank go from a pretty astute and successful career as a technologist in a software development into this crazy world of EMFs and 5G? Great question, Tom. Thank you. So uh,
1: it all started about 10 years ago. And my father, uh, Dr. Martin Blank, he was one of the world's leading EMF scientists. And he'd spend his life, you know, publishing papers and and speaking, but largely to academic and scientific audiences. And so he got a deal to write a book for the general public to explain what he now at that point in his life understood and had learned about the health effects of exposure to this type of radiation. And um, he actually, he asked me for some help to write it um, because I had a, a lot more experience uh, writing and communicating for general audiences. I, at that time, I, I was on the faculty of USC Engineering School. I'd written a, a couple of books. And so, he, as I say, he asked me for some help. And so I, I dove in and uh, I, I wrote it with him. And, you know, obviously I'd been aware of his work my whole life, but really in the course of, of writing that book and learning all this stuff directly from him, it really started to hit home just how important a topic and an issue this is. I learned very clearly that the science is very strong, and this was 10 years ago, it's even stronger now, but the science is very strong demonstrating negative health effects from exposures to this stuff. But at the same time, you you also factor in that basically everything that defines modern society is a source of this type of radiation. So you can't get rid of it. So, in fact, not only can you not get rid of it, it's growing every year. And so there had, to be, there had to be safer ways for people to engage with technology and to live their lives, to reduce their exposure to this type of toxin that is increasingly everywhere. And so that's where the idea uh, for SYB, Shield Your Body, uh, came from. And um, it was the year after that. So that was 2012 and 2013. I launched my first product, which I still sell. It's the Pocket Patch. Um, But now, about 10 years later, my catalog is about 20 products. We offer consulting. We have a ton, as as you and I were chatting just before the show, a ton of information on the website, educational materials about the science, but more importantly, about solutions, ways that people can live healthier with exposure to less of this stuff.
0: Okay, okay. The book, I think, was called Overpowered.
1: Yes, right. Sorry, I always forget to mention that. Yes, the book title is Overpowered. Yeah. It's still available on Amazon. It's still one of the best books on the subject.
0: I've got a copy of that, and I haven't read it yet, but I've got a copy a couple months ago because I'm. this is something that I've been diving into because this, this little gadget that we hold in our hands all day and stick in our pockets and women stick in their bras and other places. We live in a society of a toxic soup anyway. Yeah. And now we're adding this plus the 5 Gs coming fast. And uh, it's not that healthy for us. And, and, and we'll get into that. But, you know, if the hazards of electronic pollution, you know, may once have been stuff of science fiction, really, you know, but now they are really real. And with the advent of 5G, the danger is even greater than ever. You know, and there are some conspiracy theories that 5G caused COVID. You know, however, I believe that very well could have been the EMFs and the 5G that play a reason this virus was so widespread because they both caused massive mitochondrial dysfunction. Let me start here. I am well aware with the, uh,
1: with the conspiracy theories around EMF and, and particularly around 5G. I don't engage with those, but at the same time, I recognize, like you were just saying, we live in a toxic soup, and EMF is one of the toxins that constitute this soup. And you know, these toxins definitely play a role in our immune system health. And in fact, there's some uh, good studies showing how EMF exposure uh, can directly impact your immune system's ability to respond to negative uh, negative forces. Um, but I don't think you. You even have to get to the to that level of discussion to to really appreciate just so this stuff that's the thing. When when people hear this covered in the news, you know, oh, there's a debate. Do cell phones cause cancer? Are, is cell, are cell phones harmful? Is this type of radiation harmful? And it's always presented as a debate. But if you actually look at the science, it, it is very, very compelling information. There are thousands and thousands of studies out there showing negative effects from exposure to this stuff. And, and when I say this stuff, I'm talking about levels that are less than you get from your cell phone. And the, in, the effects range from at the less severe end, anxiety, depression, sleep disruption, all the way up to more serious conditions such as infertility, miscarriage, uh, and cancer. And, and so the science is really strong here. And you don't have to believe that 5G caused COVID in order to to really be concerned about what's going on.
0: Right. You know, it's interesting because the mitochondria and in the, in the immunity system are interlinked. And uh, it's just, it's not a tinfoil hat thing here. You know, I think there's a book by Nick Penalt. Yeah. I think it was called The Non-Tinfoil Hat. The Non-Tinfoil yeah. foil yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and he's he's out there a lot. Nick outs out there a lot. You're starting to hit the, you know, the, well, you've been doing this, but, and your dad was way before Nick Penalt. <laughs> yes. Yeah, about 30
1: so,
0: years. <laughs> yeah. Let's start with the basics of this, because a lot of people really don't take this seriously. But what is EMF? Do? Let's just do, do EMF, start, start EMF 101, books. right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So EMF stands for electromagnetic field. It's also sometimes called electromagnetic radiation. And it is a form of energy. And as its name suggests, it's formed by a combination of electrical forces and magnetic forces. So it's an electromagnetic force. And the type of EMF that people are most familiar with, even if they don't realize it, is visible light, like we get from the sun. Sunlight is a form of EMF. And EMF exists in the spectrum of different frequencies. The sunlight is right in the middle. So if you have more energy than sunlight, you have what are called ionizing forms of EMF. They have so much energy, they ionize your cells. They knock electrons loose. And these are super dangerous, even in really small doses. These include things like x-rays and gamma rays. And that's why when you go to the dentist and you get x-rays done, They put a lead coat on you and the technician hoofs it out of the room because it's that dangerous. Now, when you get less energy than visible light, you have what are called non-ionizing. And it was long thought that these forms of EMF were benign, that they did not have any harmful results on humans or any form of life. And these include things like radio waves, like are used for radio, radar, television, cell phones, and also lower frequency called ELF that come off of like power lines and electrical appliances. And as I said, it was long thought that this stuff was safe. And the thing is, is over the past several decades, science has really shown that it's not. That exposure to almost any level of this stuff has negative effects on on your body and in fact, on all living things. And that's now what we know, what we we didn't know when all this technology was being devised. And what people really, just coming to the subject, what they really need to understand is, yes, you know, for all of human history, we were exposed to a certain level of EMF from sunlight, also a couple other forces like lightning as a source of, of EMF. But before 1850 or thereabouts, that was it. That was all the EMF we were exposed to. And since then, the invention of the light bulb, then the power grid to power the light bulb, then all the appliances that run on the power grid, then wireless technology, is we've been living in constantly exploding levels of this stuff in our environment. So kids today are growing up around much more of this stuff than you or I grew up with, Much, more, and we grew up with more than our parents grew up with, and so forth. And so that is, that's, the, that's the sort of two-minute version of what EMF is. Uh, according to some estimates, and it, it can be hard to estimate this stuff, but according to some estimates, just an ambient level of EMF in today's cities is over one trillion times higher than natural levels of EMF that our bodies and all life on Earth evolved
0: to, to live in. Hmm, interesting. So you basically covered where we find them all. In our daily life, how do they affect us?
1: Sure. Well, they—that's uh, the thing—is so, <laughs> so they, they affect exposure to EMF affects so many different systems in our bodies, and there's a few reasons for that. And I'm sure over time, science will learn even more. But one, uh, and this, this this science goes back to the 90s. Doctors Lai and Singh discovered that exposure to radiation from a cordless phone, which is roughly equivalent to to a cell phone led to strand breaks in dna that is mutated and and in some cases killed dna dna is in every system in our body and so we see effects really all over <laughs> like i said earlier you know you have you have infertility in men you have pregnancy disorders and miscarriage in women you have birth defects in children when the, the mothers are exposed in utero there is science showing that uh, exposure to this stuff can lead to erectile dysfunction. Uh, obviously, brain tumors are con- concerning to everybody. There's a lot of science on the carcinogeneity of, of exposure to this stuff. But it isn't just brain tumors. We see there's science pointing to incidents of colorectal cancer and thyroid cancer, uh, sleep disruption, uh, as I was talking about earlier, immune system uh, suppression. That, taking, uh, that exposure to cell phone radiation is has the same or similar type of effect as taking immunosuppressive drugs. Uh, you see it in the science pointing to uh, colony collapse disorder in the bees. You see it in, in birds with disruptions to their migratory patterns. It's really kind of in all of these different systems. And again, it's because our bodies are electric, and I try not to sound too spiritual when I say this, uh, our bodies are really bodies of energy. and. Our, bodies, our brain communicates with all the rest of our bodies using electromagnetic signals. But these are super, super, super low-powered levels that our bodies use. And so when we're exposing our bodies to all of these other signals, it creates this context where all sorts of uh, disruptions and disorders can happen. And, and so that's why we... And all of our body is exposed to it. If you drink bad water you know, with lead right? That isn't exposing every single part of your body to lead. Uh, but when you're fully surrounding yourself with these forces, you're exposing every single system in your body. And it relates to mechanisms and systems that every, every part of our body uses. Like I said, the, the DNA and the, um, the electroconductive messaging that, that
0: our nervous system uses. That's why red that glasses are good. I'm sorry. That's why like glass like I wear my uh red glasses at night. Oh blue light glasses. Blue light glasses, yeah. Yeah. Red light. I said red light glasses.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the lens is gonna be reddish. So maybe yeah, right. they're
0: uh, orange is red. I got I have actually have bulbs that from uh I can't think of the name of the company off my top of my head, it just went blank. But uh they turn from I could turn them to red or, mm-hmm. on, or a, a different like an amberish color okay to cut down that's EMF. Cool. yeah and yeah. like it's pretty interesting because not very many people are familiar with this but also the government doesn't do a whole lot to help us with this that's correct yeah so
1: regulations really are not designed to protect us there's there's certain areas of emf where there's and this can differ a little bit around the world but in the united states there's are certain areas of EMF uh, emissions that are essentially entirely unregulated. So that includes, you know, the example I, I cite is power lines. How much EMF is emitted by your power line is almost never measured and it's not regulated. Um, but then there are certain classes of products and devices that, that are regulated. And that includes you know, cell phones, which all of us have. And the thing about cell phone <laughs> regulation is that so, A, the standard is 25 years old. It was established in the 1996 Telecom Act. But the, the standard that that act set, it is um, based on something called the thermal effect. And so we all know we, microwave ovens, right? Right. So microwave ovens, they use microwave energy to cook. Microwaves are the same sort of radiation that your cell phone puts out, except at much higher levels of power. And so we all know that when you have enough power of this stuff, it can actually cook, uh, because that's exactly how microwave ovens work. And so the regulations that exist are designed purely to ensure that your cell phone cannot burn you. That is, it doesn't exceed It doesn't. Ex- it doesn't emit so much power that it can actually burn you. That's and, and cause immediate damage. So the uh, the regulations that exist are designed to prevent against immediate damage of burns. And that's that's it. But it's, it's, it's even worse than that. Because those regulations, there are several problems with them. One is a lot of people think, you know, when cell phone radiation is regulated by the Federal Communications Commission, or FCC, which is a government agency, that that government agency is actually testing these products. And that is not true. Because the companies themselves commission the tests and then report the results. And those tests uh, happen under you know, conditions that are designed by the company itself. So that's how you end up, if you look in the iPhone manual, for example, it tells, depending on which model of iPhone you have, it tells uh, you it should not be held up against the head, right? You need a minimum level of separation because that's what they used in the test, whether it's five or 10 millimeters, it wasn't held directly up against the body. But that's how so many people use their phones. It's how they carry them in their pockets all day long. Right. Uh, but it, and it's how the phones are designed to be used. But in the test itself, um, that's not how it was measured. But again, it, it gets even worse. Like the, the, the more you look at this, it just keeps getting worse. Because when you actually hire independent auditors to measure the radiation off of these devices, They're much higher than what the companies are reporting. So, for instance, in France a few years ago, there was what they call PhoneGate, where the government tested 300-some-odd phones, different models of phones. They found that over 90% of them emitted more radiation than the, the manufacturer reported, and several units emitted more than was legally permissible and were recalled off of the market. So for all of these reasons and more, I don't want to bore you, but the point is this stuff is just not, it is not regulated to protect against human safety. At best, it's regulated uh, to protect you against burning, but that is a much higher level of power than what we see in the science says yields negative health effects, right? The science shows that levels lower than you get from a single cell phone are harmful. Basically, any level of this stuff. Has the potential to cause some degree of harm and there is no purely safe level and the, but the regulations don't account for any of these other factors again they're all based around not burning
0: crazy it's, it's <laughs> crazy like i said it's a it's this is a, a the wild wild west basically yeah, it
1: really is. People need to under, you know, because people and I, I, I've seen I've seen a lot of the topics that you cover in your podcast. And, and so, you know, more than probably a lot of people, but people when when they see something is available for sale, they kind of assume it's safe. Right. Because why would they allow them to sell it? To right. Us? Right. But as we see time and time again, that is just not the case, and it is the same with all of this wireless tech. All of it is released without any long-term testing into health effects. The testing, the science, comes after this stuff is released, and so that's why we now know what cell phones do to us in a way that we didn't back in the
0: nineteen nineties. And that's basically why we're kept in the dark on this. It's because you know they've got a product to sell, and they're going to push it through. Yeah, you know, exactly, and, and and there is no really government standard here, and, and it's sad because let's let's look at look at some of the consequences here. First of all, the one that gets me the most is when you go to a restaurant and you see a table with their little child there that's maybe two years old, <laughs> and they hand them a well. First of all, they've got iPads already to keep them occupied so their mom and dad could have some downtime. Right. You know, and then next, you know, if, even if they don't have an iPad, mom hands them their phone and they're chewing on it, you know, and pushing on it, licking on the screen. I mean, let's talk about that for a minute because that's that's the Lola. I mean, those that infant doesn't have a developed body yet to begin with. Your brain, our brains are developed. Our skulls developed. Their brains aren't developed yet, or are they? Their skulls thick enough to protect them? No, that's exactly right. Yeah, and you hit on a really important point, which
1: um, which I could have I could have been talking about under the, the regulations, but I I didn't want to keep droning on. But it, it is super important, which is children are much more vulnerable to damage. I mean, from almost any toxin, uh, but from EMF as well. And so, going back to the regulations topic for one quick second, right, I I said those regulations are designed to, you know, for a certain level so they don't burn you. Except that isn't fully true because they're designed so that it doesn't, they're designed based on the body uh, mass of a six foot tall, 240 pound man, right? So that's where the regulation, so anyone who's smaller, which by the way, is about 75% of the human population, uh, including children, they're going to absorb more of the radiation Than the regulations allow. But then when you get into the question of children in particular, there are several factors. One is they are uh, smaller. And so if radiation penetrates, for instance, one inch into your skull versus one inch into a child's skull, it is exposing a much higher percentage of that child's skull than than yours because that, that child's skull is smaller. As you also said, their skulls are thinner. Skulls provide a certain degree of natural shielding. Bone provides a certain degree of natural shielding. Children's skulls are smaller. Children are growing much faster. I mean, it's, it's, it's by definition, right? They're growing, which means their cells are dividing, which means any damage to certain cells will replicate more quickly and more widely in their body. And then finally, they, fingers crossed, hopefully have longer to live. Which means any damage that they incur as a result of these exposures, their bodies have to live with for the duration of their life, which is going to be, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, 10 decades. Whereas, you know, if you or I have that same exposure, you know, I won't guess how many decades we have left, but it's, it's fewer than 10. Right. And so <laughs> for those reasons and, and a few more, children are much, much, much more vulnerable to exposure from, the, uh, from EMF radiation uh, than, than adults are. And the, it's really troubling, and, and you see this issue in schools in particular now, but as you were getting at, you know, parents, they, they use these devices as virtual babysitters. They use it to get a little bit of quiet and sanity when they're at the restaurant. But these kids are growing up in, with so much more exposure that I think it's easy for, for people to sort of lose, lose sight of where things were when they were kids. But the, the, the kids today are growing up with exposure so much more of this stuff all of the time. I mean, when we were growing up, there was no Wi-Fi. I didn't have a cell phone until uh, until 1999. I'm trying to think of other uh, things. We certainly didn't have smart tech in the no. home. You know, the fanciest thing I had was like that Atari pong device and that wasn't wireless that wasn't wireless
0: back by and Commodore 64
1: so, yeah there you go and so when i grow, when i think back to growing up i think oh i grew up in high tech because you know compared to my parents it was high tech but it was almost no no wireless emf in my life compared to what the children are growing up with today and so it, it, i think it can be easy for parents to sort of lose sight or not consider
0: just how much of this stuff their kids are being exposed to. Yeah, it's pretty sad. You know, and then we're talking about the dangers of a child. I mean, I, I've got a couple statistics here. And, well, not statistics, but they're not even statistics. It's, it's actual fact. In 2011, basically 10 years ago, the World Health Organization actually classified cell phones as a class 2B carcinogen. Yes. So. In 2018, the National Toxicology Program, Mm -hmm. which was a 25 million study funded by the NIH, actually showed pretty conclusively that cell phone exposure causes cancer, to your point earlier, which means it's a class one carcinogen.
1: Yeah, it isn't yet, but I mean, there's there's a lot of motion to, to get it designated as a class one carcinogen. And Yes, be. as of right now, it's a 2B. Yeah. Right. It, it, so yeah, let's talk 2B. about,
0: this is something that is that, and, and I'm going to go to the women. The children are in grave danger. We, we need to watch that for sure. And, I, and we're going to talk away ways to protect it. But the next one, I see a lot of, well, men usually put it in their back pocket or you put your laptop on your lap without any protection. So there's your erectile dysfunction and your sperm count, and your reproductive system getting zapped. Women have a tendency to put these in their bra. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some studies in the past where where they did a vision of the breast, and they could actually see a, a phone print. I don't know how yeah. true these are, but that was on Dr. Google, so we have to watch that. <laughs> yeah, the, uh,
1: the link between cell phones in bras and breast cancer is not the science there isn't so strong yet and just in, in terms of the studies haven't been done uh, but to your point there is there is anecdotal evidence uh, just based off of the the size and location of of certain breast tumors corresponding to where women hold right. their phones but you know even if it's not linked directly to breast tumors by strong science yet when when you see it ex- uh, linked by strong science to so many other types of tumors, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it just makes intuitive sense that you shouldn't carry your phone in your bra. Right. And in fact, again, going back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, if you look in your iPhone manual, they talk about a minimum level of separation of your phone and your body. You know, so the, the manufacturers themselves, you just using different words and very small font in the manual are telling you not to carry it against your bra, uh, in your bra against your body. The thing that people need to understand, because... You know, as we've we've said many times already in this podcast, we are increasingly surrounded by kind of this toxic soup of EMF. But what people really need to understand is just how high powered a cell phone is. Because I mean, if you're if you're living in an apartment, and you turn on the Wi-Fi and you see thirty different networks, you're like, oh my god, there's so much Wi-Fi radiation flowing through here. But the phone itself is very high powered. Underscoring this. Because it is so important to manage how you relate and uh, relate to and use your phone, because that phone is sending a signal that it needs to be powerful enough to travel miles right. uh, to, to reach the tower. And so, even if you are surrounded by a ton of EMF sources in your daily life, your phone, depending on how you use it, your phone could be a huge contributor to your overall exposure. And that's particularly true when it's in your pocket. And this gets to one of the critical areas of EMF that is maybe a little unintuitive, but it's very important for people to understand. And that is the power of EMF diminishes exponentially with distance. So if you take you know a phone and it's one inch away from your body, and then you move it two inches away from your body, the power of your personal exposure has dropped 75%. Mm. And, and so if you move it six feet away, right, it's way, way lower, right? So when it's, but the converse is when it's right in your pocket, you are getting a full dose of what your phone is programmed to, to transmit in order to communicate miles and miles. And so that's why things like uh, cell phone hygiene, like not keeping it in your pocket or your bra is so important. Never talking on it up against your head. Always okay. use speakerphone or a headset. That's why these specific things matter so much. It's because of that distance factor that I was just talking about. The power of EMF radiation diminishes exponentially with distance. And so that's why uh, you mentioned laptops. That's another great example. You know, Dell, you know, other, other companies have changed the name. They don't call them laptops anymore. They call them notebooks. But Dell still calls them laptops. But if you open up the manual, it tells you not to use it within seven inches of your lap. Seven inches. <laughs> that, that is, because, and so that's why it, it's just... And, and that's a, all of these are, are, are good examples of the amount of control that people still have over their personal exposures. Even people living in cities, you know, surrounded. If you look out your window, you see five cell towers. You turn on your Wi-Fi. You see 30 Wi-Fi networks. You see all of these sources of EMF around you. And despite that, people still have massive control over their exposures and their family's exposures. And then, of course, the corresponding health risk. And, and that's, that's what I think is it's a really important aspect of the message to get out there. Because it, it can't, once people, and I, I've been doing this for 10 years, and I see, you know, once people learn about this, they, it, it can get overwhelming and it can get terrifying. Because you realize that the science is really quite strong on this, and this stuff is everywhere. And so that's what you, you just, you can feel powerless, but the point is that you actually do have power. You can't eliminate exposures from your life entirely in modern society, but you can make big differences in your exposures based on how you personally relate to your technology.
0: Yeah, that's, and we're going to get to how we're going to protect us. But I want to talk another subject real quick before we get into that and then your products. I really hate walking around like this, with my cell phone to my ear. Yeah. You know, this thing stays on my desk. But here's the thing. <laughs> Earbuds and now those iPod. What, air, what are air, the air, AirPods? AirPods. Yeah. Now, I have a set that hangs around my neck and dangles that I put in my ear when I got to talk on the phone hmm Okay. But now you see these people walking around with these little antennas sticking out of their ears. Yeah. And those things have to be, have to be zapping you right in your ears.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're 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 exposing your brain, your auditory nerves. And so what those use is a, a type of radiation called Bluetooth, which is in terms of the energy, it's very, very similar. It's almost identical to what your cell phone uses. It uses less power than a cell phone because, as I said, cell phones have to be able to communicate for miles and miles. Bluetooth only has to be able to, depending on which type of Bluetooth, there's three types, but anywhere from 30 to 100 feet. So they use less power. They emit less power than a cell phone. But at the same time, it's right in your ear. So it's exposing your brain and your auditory nerve. And people tend to have very long exposure. So they walk around with this stuff in for hours or all the time in some cases. People just wear them. And so, yeah, I mean, again, it's one of these things where, you know, I can't point to specific studies and say if you wear AirPods for 10 years, this is what's going to happen to you because those studies don't exist because they released AirPods without any long-term health studies. But
0: Kind of like the vaccine.
1: Yeah, but we know what this type of radiation can do. And so you don't want it right there and you don't want, because there's also a dose response relationship in the science um, that says the longer that you're exposed to this stuff, the greater your risk grows. And so the longer you're wearing these things right there, the great, you keep accumulating risk with each of these exposures. And so yeah, uh, Bluetooth headsets in general and AirPods in particular, uh, just because of their popularity, uh, I definitely recommend against those.
0: Okay, so let's talk about ways to protect ourselves. So we're going to work backwards. Let's start with the e, with the earbuds and work our way back. So the earbuds, how do you protect yourself from that? I know By I AirPods. have AirPods. You right? can,
1: you can. The, old, the way you protect yourself against AirPods, is by not using them. Okay. And so in general, so I have what I call the two key rules of EMF protection. And the first one is minimum. It's, it's the two key rules are minimize and maximize. So I'll, I'll explain both. But the first one is minimize, which is minimize your use of EMF generated tech. That is the less of this stuff you use, uh, the, the less of uh, the, these forces you're exposed to. Now, you can't get away from EMF generating tech and still participate in modern society. So the point of minimizing is to not use devices that don't bring sufficient value to justify the risk that that you get from being exposed to them. So AirPods are a great example because people, I'm trying to think how to to relate this, but there's all of these tech options out there now and they're growing. You know, there used to just be Wi-Fi, then there was iPods, then there was, you know, Alexa smart speakers, then smart fridges. Now, I mean, if you look, if you Google online, there's smart everything. There's smart toothbrushes, smart hairbrushes, smart kitty litter boxes. There's even smart tampons, and which is it's just ludicrous to me. Um, yeah, no, I'm, that's not a joke. It really exists. And so with each of these things, you know, do you really need it? Do you really need it? Because each of these things that you're adding into your life is adding to your cumulative exposure, which increases your health risk. So as I say, you can't get rid of every source of EMF in your life. That's just not practical. But that doesn't mean you need to keep buying all of these devices. So AirPods are among those where I say don't use them. There are some people I know who take this this stuff seriously, but still use them, but just for working out, you know, because... Regular uh, headset wires get in the way when you're running or you're lifting and they take this stuff seriously. They like cutting out the EMF, but they still use them to work out, but just to work out. And then they don't use them beyond that. Right. So these are the types of decisions that people need to be engaging in. They shouldn't just be buying all of this smart tech because it's cool or you know, like, why do you even need a smart fridge? Really, why do you need a smart fridge? Why does your refrigerator, which is already a pretty significant source of, of that low-frequency stuff I was telling you about because it runs on power, why does that also need to become a source of Wi-Fi radiation? Why? What value does that bring to you? Right. Same for your washing machine. Why does your washing machine need to... Why does your hairbrush need to be a, a, another source of EMF? You know, so that's what I mean by minimize. Don't, don't use... Products that you know, all these smart products mindlessly just because they're cool, you, you want to get it. You know, really decided if there's a product that really adds value to your life, like your laptop or whatever computer you're using, you know, you need that to get work done, obviously. So you're going to use it. Um, but do you really need AirPods? No, probably not. Do you really need all this other stuff? Probably not. So it, it's, it's engaging in this more mindful decision making of, of cost benefit analysis. But in order to do that, people need to be aware that there is this cost. And it's not just to their wallet, it's also to their health. And so, yeah, there's but there's certain types of EMF uh, sources, like you were saying, AirPods, where there's no way of protecting against it
0: except to not use it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is, you brought up, I just Googled uh, this smart tampon because (laughs) it's... This is the Rebel Health Coach podcast. So I, I just, my flow tampon. This actually goes to your phone. This, yeah. isn't a, this isn't a thing you don't need. Right. If you can't tell your tampon's full, you got an issue.
1: <laughs> I have no personal experience on there, but I do know that women have been getting by just fine with dumb right. tampons right. for quite <laughs> some time.
0: Without sticking this in your vagina. To tell you that you're full.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. I can't believe they even, anybody didn't even spend money on that. But anyway, think there's an app for that. Okay, And believe- that's
1: another example of one that you, you can't use more safely.
0: Right. There's just no way of using no it more way. safely. Right.
1: Yeah, because in order to use any product like this more safely, you right. either need to be able to create distance right. or insert shielding, which is like the kind of products I make, which we can talk about later. That's but what
0: we're, we're going to get you, into that.
1: Yeah, but in order to for any of this stuff to be used more safely, right. you need to be able to create more distance right. or apply shielding.
0: Uh, and then, and you know- I I appreciate. I liked I liked the two things. I saw that on the website yesterday, which by the way, for those listeners out there that their website's amazing. There's a lot of resources on here. It's shieldyourbody.com, which the link will be in the show notes, but there's a lot of stuff on here. A lot of good information, a lot of resources about testing, and we're going to get into that before we close out. But while we're on earbuds, you have a device here called the SYB, which is Shield Your Body, H-A-R-D. Yeah. So, and now you have a jack on here, Mm -hmm. which most phones, the jack is eliminated now, but you can buy a connector on Amazon. Yeah. A converter. Yeah, understand. and we're going to
1: start selling a version with a USB-C okay. converter pretty soon. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, so we have we have two. So we have the the hard, and we also have air tubes. Okay. So I'll start with the air tubes because that's a more traditional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anti- so using a headset is much, much, much safer than holding, holding a phone, the phone up to your head. That said, regular headsets have you know, metallic wires that go from the phone right into your ear. So there's a little bit of that cell phone radiation that's going to be conducted over a, a standard headset wire. So I, But I, I want to be clear, I don't want to discourage people from using headsets because it's just so much safer than holding a phone up to your head. But regular traditional headsets do have a little bit of the phone radiation going from the phone right into your brain. So what air tubes do is... They convert. Instead of using wire the whole way, they have silicone tubes that are empty, that are hollow. And so partway up the headset, the sound gets converted from wire to air, and it goes the rest of the way through air. So it can't conduct the EMF radiation into your brain, into your ear canal. And so those are standard air tubes. Shield Your Body has them. Other companies have them too. The problem with air tubes is that the sound isn't so great. So they're great for phone calls. I listen to podcasts with them also, but for things like music or watching movies on Netflix or whatever you might want right. to do, uh, the sound is is just not that good. No air tube offers great sound. And Some still, offer better.
0: Yeah. Does it still come with a microphone? So you can yes. talk into the, okay. Yes.
1: So that's where the heart comes comes in, right? So the air tubes are great. They're more traditional sort of uh, anti-EMF headset, the heart works differently. So the heart, as you pointed out, and if people go to the website, they can see a photo, but it's this little adapter. So you plug this adapter into your phone. Then you plug your headset into the adapter. So it's like a plug that goes in between your headset and the phone or the laptop or the tablet, whatever you're using. And it's filled with this uh, dielectric gel. And it it filters out the stray radiation. So as I mentioned earlier, right? standard headsets conduct a little bit of the cell phone radiation up the headset. What the hard does is it filters out that stray radiation. It technically it, it converts it into heat, but it's, it's such a small amount of heat. It's not like it gets hot. Uh, and then so then you can use your regular headphones to, to talk or to listen. Uh, your microphone will
0: still work. And so that's how the hard works. It's a great price point, too. Thank you. $39 for both, either of them. Yeah. So that's a good price point.
1: Yeah. They're both pretty popular products.
0: Yeah. I've always wondered about the air tubes. I've got a set here that got shipped to me from David Asbury's, went to, did one of his uh, conferences online because it was online because of COVID. But, and mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't bought the converter. I was wondering how they work if they're, you know, but because I know Dr. McColl is a big EMF freak. I mean, he, you can see him walking down the beach. I'm not going to say where he walks because then people stalk him and he's already got enough. He needs bodyguards as it is these days. But he he has a, a selfie stick. Yeah, he
1: holds his, I've heard about that. Yeah, when he, he holds, holds his it, phone away. Right, I body. saw him walking yeah. down
0: the beach with it like this, talking <laughs> on his air. On his, it's like, okay. Yeah,
1: dude, I mean, it, again, distance really, really makes a big right. difference. And that's why he does, it might look weird and uh, it might be an extreme example. In his case, walking. But it really does make a really big difference, and that's why he's doing
0: that. Well, one thing I'm going to say, like right now I've got my my router sits on my desk right behind my laptop and my screens. And I have, I protect that with, a. I have a, an EMF cage around it. Okay. So I don't have a very good signal throughout the house, mm-hmm. but it works. It, you can still get it. It's just, it's not... You know, it's not fantastic, but it works. I'm hardwired. My computer's hardwired into the router. And then I also have the router on a timer at night. Excellent. So those are listening. Yeah. So mine shuts off at uh, 12 o'clock because I work a lot. I usually study till about 11. So, and work behind my computer. So I have it going off at 11 or midnight and coming back on at 7. So that's one way to protect yourself from your router in your house. Yeah,
1: totally. So that's that's a great way. So I said minimize is the first rule. And I gave examples of not using things like AirPods or smart tampons. But another way to minimize is to not use it as much. So turning off your Wi-Fi at night is a fantastic example of something that most people can just do. And it comes at no cost to them, right? Because you're not using your Wi-Fi while you're asleep. So just turn it off and you cut out that source, you know, for approximately eight hours. Um, right. and, and and it's not just, for, I mean, that's a big chunk of your life, but it's also an important part of your life because when you're sleeping is when you're supposed to regenerate, rejuvenate, your body prepares exactly. for the next day and you need restful sleep. And so it makes a really big difference to do things like that. I know people whose almost all of their, you know, because there are people who experience symptoms from exposure to, you know, oh, absolutely. it's not, it's not just, in 20 years, you'll get cancer. It's like right now, you know, I, I have big anxiety. Right now, I have big anxiety. Right now, I can't sleep through the night. Right now, I have rashes or I hear ringing in my ear. And I know a lot of people whose all of their top symptoms basically go away within one or two nights just by turning on. Exactly.
0: Especially if you, and there's two, Lyme's disease is a big one. If you have Lyme's disease or ha- have had Lyme's disease, Yes. This is affects your system very, very fast. Also, mold toxicity. Yeah. So if you may expose the mold and you're still going through mold toxicity treatment is another big one where it affects your body with EMS.
1: I'm impressed you knew that because uh, a lot of people don't know that. But yeah, there's a very high, I don't know the right word, but cross susceptibility. Mm-hmm. So if you, like you were saying, if, if you've had Lyme disease, you are much more likely to be electrosensitive. If you have uh, mold in your environment, you are much more likely to be electrosensitive. Com- further compounding that is that there, there are studies showing that uh, EMF exposure can stimulate mold growth. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah, no, most people I speak to didn't,
0: don't know what you just said. Yeah, so well, and, well done. <laughs> okay, yeah, A couple of ways now, before we go into the rest of your line, some things you could do on a cellular level for your body if you've been are concerned about the EMFs is, CoQ10, Coenzyme Q10 uh, is a great supplement to help your body mitochondrial function, and you know, and then NAD plus or NAD are good is another good one in in resveratrol. There's a there are actually Life Extensions has a NAD plus cell regenerator and a, with resveratrol in it. So those are ways to, just to throw it out there. If you want to get some supplements to add to your body that help regenerate your mitochondrial cells, those yeah, are a couple of good ones.
1: Those, are, I'm not,
0: I am not an expert on nutrition, but, but I,
1: uh, we do have a, um, a certified nutritionist on our team and she's done some con- uh, She's also an EMF, uh, uh, certified EMF specialist. And, uh, so we've done some content recently specifically on nutrition and, um, a- antioxidant rich foods, uh, is very helpful for right. combating the building, uh, the building resilience against electrosensitivity. Right. So, you know, blueberries, cherries, rosemary, uh, pomegranate. vegetables, pomegranate, well, basically the deep, the deep, the deep reds <laughs> and yep. the deep purples yep. of, of fruit and veggies are, are really good, but also spices like, like rosemary and cinnamon. Um, so yeah, the, the, Nutrition is a big factor in
0: this as well as you're well. To. I mean, it, it it plays a factor in all of us, and our, you know, and and that's something that's it's it's like the building blocks. It's like you know, people ask me, you know, optimal health is not that camp- complicated. You know, it's like let's just start at the basics of eating right, you know, and then the get you know limit like to your minimize your effects of EMS as much as possible, you know, and and. Like even in your car, you're exposed to EMFs. Is there a way? Do you, are you coming out with an item for your car? No, that one's... So, so all of my... Pro, I mean, that's a great
1: question. I get it all the time. And, and the answer is really no. All of my products are based off of... Are, are, except for the headsets, which we already covered. All of my other products are shielding products. Okay. And they're based on uh, universally accepted science, almost 200 years old since Michael Faraday created the Faraday cage, which right. is like what you have around your Wi-Fi router. And it's it, what, what, what it's based on is if you create a mesh of conductive metal uh, metals or metallic fibers, you can deflect radiation in the same way that, you know, a window shade will deflect sunlight. Right. And so all of my products are shielding products. Okay. And what that means is you kind of, you need to be able to place it between your body and the source. Okay. If, in, in the in this in the context of a car, the whole car is kind of the source. Right. And so right. you'd need to right. you need to kind of bubble wrap your whole body in shielding yeah. <laughs> in order to get that kind of protection. but I do have EMF apparel. And so you can protect certain parts of your body from sources like your car or anything in the environment that's not in your immediate control. Well
0: let me ask you this if you put your phone let's go to your let's go to the phone shopping center here. Your phone, your pouch. If you put this in the SYB phone pouch, Mm -hmm. and then, because I plug mine into my dash, where it goes Wi-Fi, but I usually plug it in. If I plug this into my dash, with this in there, that will eliminate a lot of that. Yes, but you'd need, in the case of the phone pouch, you'd need the back of the pouch to be between
1: your phone and your body. Okay. Right, because the way the phone pouch works, and it's designed primarily to make it safer to carry your phone. Okay. Um, because as I've said many times in this discussion, many times before, you shouldn't carry your phone in your pocket or your bra. Right, uh, but a lot of people, right, they don't have another place to carry it, and so they need some kind of way to do that. And so that's why we have the phone pouch. Now, the phone pouch is, it's as the name says, it's like a pouch. Right. Uh, people listening can go to the website and check it out. And the back of the pouch has the shielding material and the front doesn't. So that's what allows your phone to still work and communicate, but while still protecting your body. So in, in the case of any shielding, the shielding needs to be between the source, source? Okay. and what, it, what you're trying to protect or reduce exposure at.
0: Okay. All right. Let's, the pouch is nice. and, and, and The price point's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, and that's 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 my most popular. It so let's talk about the pouch years. real quick. The pouches, you got a couple of different colors. Oh, you got all yeah, kinds of colors. Six colors,
1: two sizes. Six. Yeah,
0: colors. yeah. It, it does not So you you fitting the sizes of the phones they're coming out with. Yeah,
1: increasingly, you know, phones just keep getting bigger, oh. and
0: yeah, that's, <laughs> and that's, bigger that's a, and bigger, I mean, right?
1: And um, at a certain point, it's it's not so great to just put it in a pouch. Right. So that's why we now have the sling bag. It's it's up there on the site too, and it's it's like a small backpack. Um, it's like a single shoulder strap backpack. And you can carry it over either shoulder, and it's great for big phones. It can hold tablets, e-readers. Uh, it can hold multiple devices, and it, it's it's a pretty. It's actually now my favorite product. It's hard to have favorites when you know
0: right, right.
1: <laughs> They're like my children, but no, the sling bag is definitely my favorite.
0: Well, it will hold a laptop too. No, no, okay, no,
1: it's smaller than a laptop. Okay, so it's just for it goes up to like it'll hold an iPad. Okay, that that's like the biggest. That's really nice. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and again, it's
1: just one side is shielded—the side that's between your tech and your body. Yeah, so that's what deflects radiation away from your body while still allowing your tech to work.
0: All right, let's go into we've done oh, cell phones. We missed the the uh, phone shield. Yeah.
1: That's similar to the pouch, except it's not a pouch. It's just like a card. So if you carry your phone in your pocket, you can put the 5G phone shield between your phone uh, and, and your, your body. Okay. And it'll deflect the radiation away from your body.
0: So if you carry your, I carry mine in my back pocket. Yep. So if you're not going to put it in the pouch, you can put this in your back pocket. and it'll Yep. Burn. Okay.
1: Yeah. So that was, it's almost, in terms of function, it's almost identical to the phone pouch. It's just, some people don't like pouches, but they still want this same type, like you were just saying, the same type of protection. So so you just use it a little differently, but it performs the same purpose.
0: And then we have, we talked about the the headsets. Laptops, we go to laptops. We have a, and this is a question I came up with last night when I was working on this, but the laptop pad. Mm-hmm. Now see, I'm going to bring up a subject. I have somebody else's, Utensil that was in Dave Asbury's box again, but it goes on the back of my phone. Yeah. And I've always wanted to, I really want to invest in a meter. Yeah. And we'll get to that. But I wonder how much protection this has. And I have one on the bottom of my computer, but I'm thinking that I should get this pad and put it underneath my computer instead of, because I don't think this thing's doing as much. Good as that pad would do? <laughs>
1: I keep thinking, trying to think of new ways to answer this question because I'm asked it a lot by customers and in, in interviews. I recognize that there are products out there that are not based in demonstrable science, but that can still work or that people say work. Okay. That said, I really focus on products that have demonstrable claims, right? So I can hire a lab and have them perform a test. And it, it can say it blocks ninety nine percent or ninety nine point nine percent of cell phone radiation. You can buy a meter uh, on Amazon, not not just any cheap meter, but you know hundred fifty dollar, one hundred sixty dollar meter, and and use it and verify my product claims for yourself. With a lot of products out there that claim to protect you from EMF, they do not have demonstrable claims that you can't measure if they're working or not. And because there is no regulation in this space. I have a very hard time endorsing or <laughs> recommending products where you you can't prove that they're working. With certain products, you don't even know what they're claiming to right. do. They're like, "Oh, it just makes it safe." Well, how does it make it safe? Oh, it harmonizes the field. Well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know. <laughs> and so there's there's a there's a lot of uh, a lot of potential snake oil on the market, um, which is why syB and my company we, we only focus on these shielding products where you can measure how much they're working uh, and syB isn't the only shielding company out there I think you know we're the best but we're not the only one uh, so I'm not saying syB is the only one with products that really work but there are a lot of companies out there that sell products that have no basis in science and have no claims that you can demonstrate scientifically and so you know at least if you're going to buy it realize that's what you're buying
0: okay. And with that said, are you planning to come? Well, there's no reason to carry your laptop around when it's turned on. So I guess you don't need like a laptop bag. You know, because you usually you turn off your laptop and throw it in the bag. So it's not on. Uh, let's go to. And I like that fact that you've got claims because you're right. I have devices that are supposedly tested, but who knows if they work? And they're not cheap. Yeah. Some of these places, like there's this, some, some of Vedic. Have you heard of them? I believe I have, yes. They make this thing that's $850. <laughs> and it's supposed to protect your whole apartment from EMFs. I kind of find that hard to believe. So, anyway, <laughs> I was just, I, I go down these rabbit holes. Sorry. No, all right. that's. It, it, it's cool how familiar with this topic you are. Not a, not a lot
1: of people I speak to are. no there's so that's a lot great.
0: of it, it causes so much damage, you know. And, and I've got a friend. I have two friends. One with limes, and one with mold, and both of them have all kinds of issues. And I've been talking to them about this repetitively. So anyway, let's go to your apparel. Let's go to your apparel. You haven't. Uh, neck guard. Yeah, neck gator. Neck gator. Yeah. And what is what do you use? Oh, so yeah, neck gator is.
1: Uh, I mean, that's kind of a, a generic product name. Uh, they're, okay. they're, you can look for neck gators right, right. online. Yeah. So uh, it's a it's like a neck tube that you can wear in all these different ways. You can wear it around your neck. You can wear it on your head. You can wear it as a balaclava, Uh, you can wear it as a cap. Except ours is made with the shielding material. It's ninety percent silver, ten percent spandex, which gives it. Its form, okay, and um, all with all of the apparel, it protects the part of the body that it's covering. Okay. so whether you're talking about the neck gaiter, we're talking about the bandana, the baby beanie, or the men's boxers, and we have we have other apparel in development. It's only good so it's not like you put on this neck gaiter and your whole body is magically protected. Right, right. It, it's protecting the area uh, that it covers, which in the case of the neck gaiter is generally going to be the brain or the thyroid, okay. um, depending on what the person wants to wear it for. And oh, the same yeah, is yeah. true for the bandana The neck. Uh, it'll be either the brain or the thyroid. Although some people use the bandana more on their lap. So they'll use it like as a replacement instead of like the boxers or the laptop pad, okay. they'll put the bandana Band- on their bandana lap. lap. Yeah. Okay. That is uh 65, the bandana is 65% silver, the uh, and 35% silk. All of, so all of my, uh, I mentioned, you know, the shielding uh, technology you can use it you know, conductive metals. There are different types of conductive metals you can use for certain products like the phone pouch uh, or the laptop pad or any of the other products that aren't apparel. We use different materials like nickel and cobalt, which which can provide the shielding. But when it comes to apparel, the shielding material we, we use is always silver because okay. uh, it is hypoallergenic as well as has other, other benefits like it's antimicrobial, anti odor. Uh, so all of our apparel products are, are made with silver, um, and as well as some other material to turn it into a fabric. Whereas other, our other products aren't general. I don't think in any case yet. None, none of our other products are made with silver, because that helps keep the cost down on some of the other ones. Silver is obviously a very expensive
0: raw material to be working with. Okay, let's go into babies. <laughs> a baby beanie. That's a great one. What age does the baby beanie go through? Uh, up to two years old. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah, so so we have a few sizes. Okay. Because kids are growing very fast at that age, so we have a few right. sizes to get from newborn to to 24 months.
0: And the blanket, of course, for newborns.
1: Yeah. What Although else? a lot of a lot of adults use it too. Okay. Um, it's uh, 40 inches by 32 inches, and uh, you know people will use it in airplanes. Um, they'll oh, use yeah. it if they're just laying on the couch, you know, with their tech in their lap. Right. So a lot of adults use it too. Uh, but we launched it as a baby be- a blanket and I just never renamed it. But a, okay. a lot of adults end
0: up buying Okay. Yeah I, w- I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's a good, it has, uh, let's see the color choices.
1: It has pink, blue, and
0: uh, gray yeah, yeah.
1: and with polka dots or yeah, something. Yeah,
0: that would be a good blanket just to keep out on the couch. You just put over your lap to put your laptop on. All right. What about uh, the beanie? Yeah, the, the baby again. beanie. Yeah,
1: yeah. Both of those products are based uh, with silver shielding.
0: And how is this? Um, is
1: it washable? Pretty yes. Pretty, all okay. of our apparel is washable. Okay, that's pretty key to, to making it yeah, yeah. usable. Apparel, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But other pro- to your point, other product. The phone pouch is not washable. The sling bag is not washable. But the um, but the apparel is all washable. All right. As is as is our bed uh, bed canopy is also washable.
0: That's what I was just going to. Now, this is an interesting thing. So the bed canopy is a canopy you put over your bed, and that protects the whole, whole area. Yeah, yeah. And so that came
1: about, because you notice, if you, as you go through my catalog, all of my products are under $100. Right. A lot of them are under $40. And so, you know, why do I have this bed cam? Because as, as you see on the website, that, that's, a, that's a much more expensive product. Right kind of a big jump, you know, it goes up to 1600 or $2,000, depending on the size. Um, so why would I add that to my catalog when I focus so heavily on, on products under $100? The reason is because, and this this, this especially happened last year when COVID was first hitting, and people were really freaking out about 5G and they just wanted protection. And you see there's other products, you mentioned a couple on the, on, on this interview already, that claim to protect your whole apartment or your whole house, You know, I've never seen any product like that, that, that has claims that can be substantiated. So, but I realized you could actually protect your whole bed and because you can surround your bed with shield.
0: Right. And
1: that's, I added this product to the catalog specifically to cater to people who wanted protect, you know, they live near cell towers and they can't move. They, uh, their neighbors have Wi-Fi routers, you know, a ton of them, and they can't control whether they're on or off or how far away they are from them. There's all of these sources increasing in the environment that you have no control over, and this product gives uh, gives you that control. Not all day long, not everywhere in your house or your apartment, but it gives you control for you know eight hours on average, right in your bed, so that you can have. Uh, more restful sleep so that you can have that period of the day without those exposures. And, and so that's, that, it, that that's why I added the canopy to the catalog uh, in, in some ways, it's the most protective product I, uh, I make because it fully it's, it, it's not just surrounds the bed. There's also mats that go under the bed. Uh, so it creates good. a full cube of, of protection um, all, all night long. So yeah,
0: that's, a, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's a good idea. It's got a mat protect your bot to the from the floor up mm-hmm. and then from the then the, the whole shield around the bed. Because I, I know some people that live near towers, and I'm like, you know, good luck with that. <laughs> you know, I'm like, and I tell them, I said, you know, <laughs> you may want to consider some think, some devices for your home. But you also offer consulting. Yes, now, oh wait a minute, poster frames and linings. I want to ask you about this. Oh, sure so what, what was the, what was the reasoning behind this so the, you're talking about the poster frame liner right and
1: that is a it's a it's a type of fabric that is a shielding fabric but it's it, it comes uh, pre-cut uh, in a couple different sizes like 18, uh, 18 by 24 24 by 36 the idea is for some people who have an area that they want to shield on on their wall right maybe there's a smart meter on the other side of it maybe their neighbors have a Wi-Fi. Router on the other side of it. Maybe there's some there's some other source on the other side of the wall that either they have no control over or just logistically needs to be where it is, and so they want to shield against it. So the idea was to to create a poster frame liner so they can put shielding on the wall, but you could put it in a poster frame so you can cover it with a poster or a print or a photo, and so no one needs to see that there's this this big block of shielding on your wall. Instead, they just see art. And so it's to create these sort of large shielded areas on your wall, but that, that aren't apparent because from anyone who's looking at it, will just
0: see art. Okay, cool. And then you have just a shield you can buy, a six by six piece of flex shield. Yeah. So you can cut that to any size you want. Like, I see the, la- see, I have a laptop pad With foam on the bottom, but this would be perfect to cut out and put on that pad. Yep.
1: Any flat surface that you want to put shielding on is uh, that's what that's designed for. So, and yeah, you can cut it to custom sizes. You can put multiple together, you know, side by side to cover Uh, larger areas. They come in a four pack.
0: All right. Let's talk about testing, EMF testing real quick. You also have, you actually have some information on your website about how to test what to test you have a nice video and so what you said that you could buy a meter yeah. on amazon and i there's a couple different ones I'll, I'll dig up some ones and put them in the in the in the show notes that i recommend or maybe r could give me a couple to put in there sure and uh, you can email that to me, and I'll put them in the show notes. But it's really necessary to test your home.
1: Yeah, I'm I, I a big advocate of that because I guess it's implicit. But I, we didn't. I didn't actually say it earlier in the in the interview. But this stuff—it's invisible, it's odorless. You can't feel it, smell it, touch it, taste it. Totally invisible. Uh, even if you are sensitive to this stuff, you don't know exactly where it's coming from. So. In almost all cases, you just have no idea how much you're being exposed to. Now, you can do certain things right off the bat without measuring. So that includes like not carrying your phone in your pocket, turning off your Wi-Fi at night because you know those are sources and you know there are things you can do about it. But beyond that, there's a bunch of sources that you just might not realize are source. There could be just like one part of your wall where the way the electrical wiring is done uh, just leads to a really high level of EMF. Because a lot of electricians don't know how to wire to minimize these forces. And you would have no idea about that uh, because you need a meter to be able to tell. And, you know, there's one example uh, a customer of mine uh, measured in their living room and just found these really high magnetic fields in one part of the living room. And it was where the couch was. And then they they measured and it was coming out of the wall. It had to do with this electrical wiring kind of thing I was talking about. And they measured another part of the room. It was only a few feet away. And the readings were much, much lower. Uh, So they moved the couch. (laughs) So they're spending their time, you know, when they're in the living room watching TV or doing whatever, they just have much less exposure. They would have had no idea that that was the case unless they measured. Mm -hmm. And so for people who are aware of EMF and want to take action to minimize their exposure to EMF, learning how to test is the only way to do that, because that's the only way you're going to know how much there is in your environment. Uh, Just a few months ago, I was staying at a rental. And just for fun, because I'm that kind of dork, I took out my meter, and I was measuring (laughs) around the rental. And I went up to the entertainment center, and the electrical fields coming off the entertainment center were massive. Like I'd never seen fields like this before uh, in a residential setting. And I was testing, I'm testing, I'm poking my meter around, figure I figured out it was the DVD player I would never have guessed that the DVD player was a source of this level of electric fields so I unplugged it because it's not like we watch DVDs anyway everything's Netflix these days right, right. so uh, so I just unplugged it I would never have known to do that had I not been measuring there's wow. all there's all of these examples that you can cite and once people start measuring they'll see immediately see what I'm talking about. right They'll see, like, oh, my God, how did the level get so high here? And it's really important to measure in places where you spend a lot of time. So not only in your bedroom, but on your pillow, because that's where your head is all night long. Mm. Uh, Not just, I mean, yes, everywhere in your living room matters, but where your couch is uh, matters. Where your child's crib is really matters, right? And and so it's, it's not just about understanding where things are everywhere in your house. But the, the conditions where you and your loved ones spend the most time are really important to measure.
0: Uh, yeah, it's, you know, and that's a good point because anything unseen, you have to measure it. Yes. So, all right, real quick before we close out. Sure. Touch base on five G and why I have an engineer friend, <laughs> who a real close friend actually works for a company that's making these. 5g things for towers for comcast okay so we have this debate going all the time i said because i call him i said you're the evil engineer (laughs) and he's like there's 5g causes no more threat than any other g so let's talk about that real quick before we close out why is 5g so much more dangerous i mean i get it because it's taking it to a whole nother level
1: yeah well so so first off what your friend doesn't understand, which is based on what he just said, is just even if it were no more <laughs> dangerous than the prior G's, that is not mean it's safe. Because the prior G's uh, have been linked to so many negative health outcomes. Now, there's a lot of discussion online about why 5G is, is considered more dangerous. And the reason there's a lot of debate on this is because, once again, it's being deployed with no long-term testing. We don't know exactly what it is going to do because they aren't testing it for safety. But there, there are a few things, um, one, that, that people tend to focus on. And then there's, there's another aspect that I tend to focus on. So we'll start with what people in general are saying, which is not only is this stuff not tested, this is a whole new uh, spectrum of EMF, right? So uh, it goes, whereas, whereas uh, 4G goes up to, I believe it's eight gigahertz, somewhere around there, um, 5G is going to go up to 300 gigahertz, right? So it's opening up this whole new part of the EMF spectrum for consumer use that has never before been used in consumer electronics or consumer technology. So these are all new frequencies of EMF that have just, not only are they not studied, they've never been used. And so the, the worry is we have no idea what that's going to do. But that's, that's just one aspect of 5G. Another is that the infrastructure is different. And so this is, at least at the start, it's going to be affecting cities more than less densely populated areas. Um, but 5G doesn't travel as far. So you need a lot more of these antennas operating at higher power than with 4G. So whereas with 4G, you'd see I, I, you know, I, uh, towers, Uh, you know, every mile or two or whatever it might be. Now they're going to be on every city block, probably multiple on a city block. They look different. We have examples on the block, but they look different. They're designed to kind of embed into the environment more cleanly. So you might not even realize that there's a 5G uh, tower on the lamppost outside of your apartment. So that you're going to have a lot more of these towers uh, in network densification. That creates just a whole lot more of these sources of these exposures. So those are two big reasons that a lot of people cite when they talk about how worried they are about five G, which is a whole new set of frequencies and a, a beefier infrastructure that just has a lot more of these towers and, and sources of this stuff. Now I want to get to why I think it is uh, why I think people should be worried. Why do you have all of these new towers? Why do you need to tap into these new frequencies? The reason is because 5G is more than just a cell phone network. 5G is a cell phone network, right? There's a whole bunch of 5G phones out there. If you're in certain parts of the country, you can now be talking on 5G. But 5G is much more than a cell phone network. 5G was built from the ground up to support an order of magnitude larger, multiple order of magnitude larger, actually, uh, network of devices, right? So it's not just cell phones. It's all of this smart tech It's smart meters, it's smart cars, it's smart homes. It's all of this smart tech. So the network has been designed to support an explosion in the number of devices connecting to it. Mm. Um, And so when people ask me, and in fact, uh, we have a video uh, on YouTube, but that goes into this question in particular. I I just did it last week. But when people ask, why are you worried about 5G? Yes, I am worried because all of these frequencies, they haven't been tested. Uh, And we don't know exactly what that means. But really what it means is we're planting the, the network, the foundation for an explosion in the number of devices. And each of these devices are going to be a source of another exposure. And as we covered earlier, the regulations that exist are not designed to protect us from even one of these, much less hundreds or thousands of simultaneous exposures, which is which is what is going to be happening in the coming years. And that is all being made possible by the 5G network, which can support so many more nodes on the network. Mm. I hope I explained that well. Yeah,
0: it was perfect. It's, <laughs> it was perfect. It makes me sick, but it was perfect. And I am going to put links for a lot of this stuff in the show notes, your website. Facebook page, uh, YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram. I don't, I'll I'll scratch off LinkedIn. You don't need need any more traffic on LinkedIn. Instagram. And also send me some links for the meters that you recommend. And I'll put those show notes. Yeah. I've got a link for your father's or your, your, your father's book. Overpowered. And I've got a link for your father's website because there's some really good information on there as well. I've got a uh, link to some things about cancer and, and the, uh, mitochondria in there from scientific study. Uh, one thing before we close, that it's got nothing to do with 5G. Well, it does in a sense. It's a frequency. If R had 35 Thirty to forty-five minutes to kill. What album or artist would you put on to listen to?
1: Oh man, I used to be so into music, and uh, <laughs> as I've gotten older and I just I just work so much, and I'm not really able to work and listen to music anymore oh. the way the way I was when I was a uh, when I was a young kid. It's
0: a little harder when you're older.
1: Yeah, so. You know, because I've fallen so out of touch with music, I don't know what's current now. And when I do have an opportunity, this is what I'll say. When I do have an opportunity to listen to music and I have no idea what I want to listen to, I turn on uh, the live stream from KCRW in Los okay. Angeles. And that's at KCRW.com. It's a public radio station. And I remember when I, when I first moved to L.A. in, in the year two thousand. I just fell in love with that station and they play such great music. So, And it takes all the pressure off of me having to stay current and know what to right. listen to.
0: Well, I mean, realistically, <laughs> the music currently is not as good as it was when we were growing up. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'd much rather go back and listen to Led Zeppelin and, and Pink Floyd and Frank Zappa and all the good old music. But the music today, it just it just grinds on you. Yeah, and I was like, okay, give me some jazz, give me some old old school.
1: Well, you should try KCRW. KCRW. You, KCRW. Might be, you might be,
0: surprised. I remember KCRW when I from when I lived in Long Beach. Okay, yeah, so yep, so yeah,
1: I apologize if that was a cop out of an answer. No, that's, that's okay. It. Now,
0: yeah, I, can, I mean, now, luckily, now with the event of more EMFs, I can listen to. KCRW, way over here in Atlanta.
1: <laughs> you could listen to it on Ethernet too. Right. Yeah, not get not get the exposure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, my brother. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate this opportunity.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you reached out to me and uh, wanted to come on the Rebel Health Coach podcast. We even got into uh, some tampons for a little bit. So that's, <laughs> that was a little interesting.
1: Yeah, it was a great conversation. I really appreciate it. Thank you so All much. Right, thank Tom. you.